Welcome back to Mark My Words Football Podcast. With Rob. And Scott. And it was a very wild, super wild card weekend with some crazy surprises and crazy blowouts as well. And as we know, the best is still yet to come. We will get right into it, recapping some of the best of the wild card round and starting, as we always do, with a recap of the Buffalo Bills. And this week, the Buffalo Bills defeated the Pittsburgh Steelers by a score of 31-17. to Rob, what were your initial thoughts about this game? So initial thoughts is Sean McDermott needs a raise because this defense came out to play yet again in another week of tough football here. And it's just incredible. The amount of injuries on this defense continues to pile up and yet seems like they get even more intense and play even better in spite of those injuries and the credit, I think you really have to give this to McDermott here. Just called a really good game on defense. These guys, guys who you may not have heard of coming off the couch, flying in, making really good tackles, keeping things under control for the entire game, forcing some good turnover opportunities, getting an interception there on Mason Rudolph as well. Defense just came out to play and did their job almost perfectly in this game at least I thought so and the offense did just enough to get over the hump here I mean they had a very good game Josh Allen with another modest stat line in the passing yards but was able to run off with the obviously you had that huge run getting some nice opportunities took care of the ball and that was all you needed for this Bills team to steamroll the Steelers in this one well, I think that the offense was actually extremely good this year. I think Allen really would have padded that stat line even more, except for the fact that they started out by going taking a 21 to nothing lead. I mean, he was extremely efficient until he had four touchdowns. So even though the yardage wasn't there, I think that's really a part in them trying to control the clock. I mean, they did have a really nice game on the ground as well. And back to your point, I think the defense was impressive. With all the injuries they sustained, it looked like at times that things could fall apart, but they didn't. And to that point, I think that the offense finally did their point because I think the defense looked like it was about to break. But the Bills and offense, they never let this game get within a seven-point lead. They continually came back and still put points on the board when they needed to. They went out to a really huge early lead and came back and put points up on the board when they needed to. And I think they, I think they controlled the clock really well in this game as well. Yes, they did, and that's something that I really have liked to see. I know a lot of people are, you know, were less than thrilled uh, when you know Joe Brady kind of dialing Allen's throws back a bit. I mean, the Bills since he took over have thrown less than they've ever thrown before um, when with Josh Allen as the quarterback. But uh, James Cook, um, by contrast, is really starting to break out, and he's shown that he can carry this team towards the end of the game when they need to milk the clock, which was something that they this Bill team hasn't really had uh, uh, except for when they had LaShawn McCoy. So ever since then, they really have not had that strong, consistent running game that you look for in a playoff team to be able to, when they get a lead, when they get a lead with that passing game, you wanted them to be able to milk it out and really take some time off that clock. And I thought they did a really good job of that today, really controlling the game, controlling the time of possession through the run game with Cook and Allen combined. Yeah. And I think this team had a really a good amount of chunk plays. They hit a lot of 20-yard plays. It wasn't all just dink and dunk. Like They were able to control the clock nicely through the run game, but they were able to hit those splash plays when they needed to, several 20-plus-yard plays. I think that's something that like had been missing for a little bit in parts of the year. But I think this Bill's offense is like, like everything you need, like the recipe for whatever type of game that you want to throw together. They can do that. 
Yes, absolutely. And their two tight end sets, I think they really need to do even more of that because Dalton Kincaid and Dawson Knox, you just rotate those guys in, get them the ball. They've shown they can be really good playmakers this year, especially Kincaid having one of the best years by a rookie tight end that I've seen. He looks like he's going to be a dude in that offense for a very long time. And I really liked that they're just trying to get Diggs some more opportunities. That was one of the major concerns because I said, if this Bills team wants to go on a Super Bowl run, Diggs is going to have to be a key part of it. I really like what they're doing with those short passes is trying to get him involved early i know he only had 52 yards this game but i really like how they're at least trying to get him involved in the offense yeah i think this offense is going to start to pop even more next week and then these huge games where you really need the offense to be more but i think that once they got out to that 21 point lead they dialed they did begin to dial back a little bit and i think that rightfully so because like turnovers and trying to push too much or something that had been problems for them before Yes, I would agree with that. And the game did get a little bit closer than you wanted it to uh, towards the end, but really it never felt like it was in any danger. Like It felt like the Bills were like quite firmly in control for the majority, if not the entire game. And, yeah, I, I really think it was good game managing by McDermott, by Brady. I just really liked this performance by the Bills. It's exactly what they needed to be going into the divisional round. Yeah, they absolutely listened to me. I said never let it get within seven points. When you score, never let it get between seven points. They never did. Never held less than a seven-point lead after the first score in this game. Yes, an impressive win against uh, a very, very tough uh, Steelers team. Even though, you know, you said they were the worst team in the playoffs, uh, they're still a very tough Absolutely team. Absolutely were. Given it all they got, given it uh, – I can tell you what, they looked way more alive and uh, like a tougher matchup than some of the other teams we saw in the playoffs this week. <laughs> Eagles, <laughs> Cowboys, <laughs> Dolphins. Um, so I think the Bills got a little bit of a tougher matchup than you had thought they were going to. And they ended up, I think, pulling out a, a very impressive win um, facing the Steelers here. They did have a nice win. And from there, we go on to the Green Bay Packers' victory over the Dallas Cowboys, 48-32 to in a game where the final score does not reflect what happened during the game. What were your initial thoughts from this one? I think this was absolutely the shocker of the weekend. Like we had talked about going into this game that the Packers season has been a success. Everything was the icing on the cake, like cherry on top. And this absolutely just, that is it a hundred percent of the way. This is the best chair you could ever put on top of their Sunday here to be able to destroy the Cowboys. Like they did not only to win, but the absolute destruction of a, a really good Dallas team in this game. Like Packers offense was incredibly efficient. Jordan Love just putting up one of the best stat lines like you'll ever see. They, one of the best DVOA games of all time. Like that Packers offense was very good. To beat the Cowboys like they did, just so impressive. Yeah, so 100% agree. And I was completely stunned when this game started and the Packers just got out to a lead that quick, took advantage of the turnovers that Prescott gave them, and then they take their foot off the pedal the entire time they kept on steamrolling the Cowboys. They came out as the more prepared team. I mean, this was a, a team that was playing free. They were playing without any limitations. They were just going to go out there and do their thing. And that led to them just taking way more chances than the Cowboys, playing way more boldly than the Cowboys. And they just looked like a way more poised team. Cowboys just looked weird right off from the start. Like it just looked like they were not ready for the moment. And this was a game where you're the number two seed. You, you're facing the number 17. This never happened where the 17 beat the two seed before. You're at home. You have all, you know, you have all the advantages that you could have asked for 
and you still looked completely unprepared for this matchup. I mean, this is the youngest team in the league, the youngest team to make the playoffs since the 70s, and yet you still could not take advantage of them. So just absolute utter collapse by Dallas. But Green Bay, Matt LaFleur, Jordan Love, what a combo. These guys work really well together, and they just put on an absolute clinic here in Dallas. Yeah, for me, I think one of the most impressive points of this game, they went up 27 to nothing to end with their last possession of the half. And Dallas gets the ball twice in a row to make it 27 to 10. Packers, they never let up. First drive of the second half, go down on a touchdown drive that was really marked by a 46 yard pass to Romeo Dobbs to set up the touchdown. The punt about then 34 to 10. And it seemed like at that point that the game was starting to get out of hand and they really had that. Yes, and this Packers offensive line did an incredible job of protecting Love in this game. Not even a single sack here, uh, almost no pressure at all the whole game. And Love, though, man, like he, to me, throughout this last stretch of games here, the last like nine or ten games, he has shown that he can work very well in the Matt LaFleur system, but he's also a great improviser. I mean, you saw some throws this game where, you know, the the pocket, the protection was good, but nobody was open. He's kind of had to scramble inside the pocket, maneuvering, and he'll throw like a dart off his back foot, sidearm around a defender, and fit it into a window. I mean, that touchdown to Wicks towards the end of the game was absolutely beautiful. I mean, you look at this like quarterback and how he's been able to adapt and grow throughout the year, and it just makes me smile because I know that we just got we got another guy and it's going to be awesome to see how his career develops but this year I think they they just have again just overexceeded everyone's expectations and I absolutely am just so happy with this amazing performance against the Cowboys and that 32 points a lot by the defense doesn't reflect how this game actually went I thought the defense played very well this game and from there we go on to the NFL's clown of the week for the wild card weekend <laughs> Everybody loves the good clown, and now it's time to meet the NFL's Clown of the Week for this week. And this week, the Clown of the Week in the NFL is none other than, mark my words, co-host Rob. So, this year, Rob has been some amazing takes, including some of which with his Super Bowl teams, the Cleveland Browns, making the Super Bowl. Just... Every week here, it seems like we've been a little back and forth about Cleveland here, and him just saying how good Cleveland is. Cleveland is so great, they're the best team in the AFC, all this stuff. No. Unfortunately, that is not. They were absolutely demolished in Wildcard Weekend by the Texans. And not only that, he was extremely high on the Cowboys, continually saying that they were a different team, which unfortunately, they were not. So for his picks of very hard stances on both the Cleveland Browns and the Dallas Cowboys, Rob, you are the clown of the week. All right, and from that uh, dastardly take, we go on to our NFL superlatives for the playoffs. So we're going to start it off with the most disappointing team this year. Scott, who do you got? So for this year, I think my most disappointing team is the Philadelphia Eagles. So an Eagles team that in I think preseason predictions I predicted to be in the Super Bowl, to have the NFC one seed, and looked absolutely on track to take the NFC one seed this year at one point. Should have had their division absolutely locked up. Blow it to the Cardinals. Go on an absolute skid to end the season and look like you don't even want to play in a playoff game versus a Tampa team. You you are absolutely more talented then. 
Jalen Hurts is coming off like an MVP type season has just taken an enormous looked like he'd taken an enormous step back at points like he did not look good in this game the offense looked lost the tackling was absolutely atrocious by that defense the pass rushers that was very good at points but other than that the Eagles had absolutely nothing going for them like losing to a team when you were so much more talented than them like that is just so extremely disappointing that's for me why the Eagles are the most disappointing team yeah, I got to agree. Eagles are a very disappointing team. And just kind of how that season ended was really what did it for me there. But I would have to go with the Dallas Cowboys for my most disappointing team. So at the beginning of the year, I had the Cowboys in the conference championship. Double down on that take when we did our playoff brackets. And the Cowboys came out and put up an absolute dud against the Packers. I mean, they had everything going for them this year. They were gifted the division, as Scott previously mentioned, by the Eagles. When it looked like there was no shot of you winning it, you were gifted that division. And now you have the best scenario that you could possibly imagine. The number two seed, you get two guaranteed home playoff games if you win. And you have Dak playing the best season he's ever played statistically. And you have the best defense you've had in a while with just very dangerous playmakers on it. And yet, you come out looking like total rookies against the youngest team in the league. I mean, this was the best matchup you probably could have asked for. Number two seed going up against the youngest team in the league. I mean, come on, you cannot lose this game. And now, no matter what the Cowboys do in the regular season from here on out, I will never trust them. Like, I'm always going to view them now as playoff chokers. They just completely rewrit for me the narrative of the Cowboys. And I know they've kind of been this for a while, and maybe I should have seen this coming. But to me, this was this is the best opportunity you're going to have in a long time when the L NFC is, is considered to be pretty weak at this point, and you completely blew it. So Cowboys, just very disappointing this year. Very nice pick. And now what about the opposite of that, the most surprising team this year? For me, I think the most surprising team is pretty obvious for me, and that's the Houston Texans. When I think about how far this team has come since last year, it is just incredible. Nearly 100 points more for and nearly 100 less against. Like, it's absolutely incredible. Bottom of the league in both stats to nearly top 10 in both. And going into a game where they were against the Browns team where they were underdogs and pretty consensusly picked to lose, like, put on an absolute show where the young quarterback shows an absolute stud that he is. Like, absolutely C.J. Stroud is 100% like a top 10, maybe even top 5 quarterback right now. Like, right now he is. He's been so good. And a defense who I think had struggled at points in this season, like put up their best performance of the year, getting a couple of pick sixes there, and just really showing the Browns' offense had nothing for them. It's like a really nice game. Like, such a surprising season for the Texans. To be able to take that division was just incredible for them. A team that I think we both had at under five wins each. Like, a really incredible job by D'Amico Ryans and that Texans staff. Yeah, very. I would have to agree with that as well. Very surprising team. C.J. Stroud really coming out and playing very good football here. Um, but for me, I'm going to have to go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and even more specifically Baker Mayfield as well. So this was a team that we both thought would be terrible this year. I think we both had them at seven wins. You had the blast in the division. And I just thought this was a team that, you know, coming off Tom Brady, who, again, didn't have a great year, but coming off Tom Brady, you're certainly going to regress, right? But no, they actually improved, winning one more game, getting better quarterback play than they did last year, winning the division and winning a playoff game, something that Tom Brady could not do last year with these Bucks. And this Tampa Bay team has had very consistent 
Uh, quarterback play with Baker Mayfield playing very well in almost all the games he has played, at least statistically. Now, a lot of these games, they did not score a lot of points, but if you look at the stats, he played pretty well in almost every game this year, having some really uh, notable performances as well, some nice splash performances against the Packers where he had a perfect passer rating. Just this last playoff game at 337 yards and three touchdowns. Overall finishing the year with 28 touchdowns, 10, only 10 picks, over 4,000 yards for Baker Mayfield on a very under-talented Tampa Bay Bucks team. I say well done to you. Well done for winning a playoff game. And I'm really excited to see his future here in Tampa Bay going forward. Yeah, and even going back to the season predictions there, which I listened to you just a couple days ago, you said that you could absolutely see a scenario where Mayfield got benched and things go off the rails and Bowles gets fired, and that yeah. obviously was not the scenario this year. Yeah, Baker proving, continuing to prove all the haters wrong, and uh, a guy that I think we both like a little bit more than most, especially going into next year. For sure. And to cap it off uh, with the superlatives, who has the most left to prove going forward in the playoffs? For me, I think that the team that has the most left to prove is my Buffalo Bills. The reason that I do think that is they are going up against the Kansas City Chiefs this weekend. Chiefs are a team that they have lost to in the playoffs in two of the last three seasons. A team that you've met twice, lost to both times. A team that's actually had your number in the playoffs. Like, this is the standard for you. If you were to fall to them yet again, like, where does this franchise go? Like you obviously know that you have a great quarterback in Allen. Like McDermott has put on a clinic recently as a coach, but it gets to the point where it's like, how far can you go with this team when you keep running into the same brick wall over and over again? So for me, like if you cannot beat the Chiefs, like there's some serious questions to answer for this franchise. So that's why for me, I think the team that has the most left to prove in the playoffs is the Bills. Yeah, and that is, that's a very good point. This, this kind of like almost like the Cowboys here, except for maybe a little bit different, kind of like a if not now, then when sort of thing. Sure. So I would agree with that 100%. But for me, I'm going to have to go with Brock Purdy on the San Francisco 49ers. Not even the 49ers, but specifically Brock Purdy. So all year, people have had mixed views on you. You know, Brock Purdy, people think that you're just a game manager. Some people actually had you as the MVP. So kind of two contrasting views. But towards the end of the season, you sputtered out. And you show people that, hey, maybe you're not the MVP. Maybe you're not that guy. Maybe you are just a game manager. So now you got the one seed. You got a first round bye. You're play facing the Packers and Jordan Love. Okay? Imagine if you lose to Jordan Love. A guy who, stepping into the youngest team in the league with no name, quote unquote, receivers, going up against you and the Avengers. If you lose that game, whew, think it's going to be very hard for you to cast off that game manager title so i'm talking to you brock directly go out crush the packers well don't crush them but you know beat them show them that you're good go on win the super bowl take the team on your back okay because if you want to cast off that game manager title nothing will do it better than a super bowl mvp I'm not going to win that regular season mvp looks like the Mar has got that but if you can go out and lead your team to a Super Bowl, nobody will be calling you a game manager after that. Love it. And from there we go on to our game picks for the wild card or for the divisional round weekend. And in the wild card, me and Scott both went four and two in our picks, hoping to do a little bit better than that. We go on to the divisional round. Starting with the Houston Texans taking on the number one seed in the AFC. Baltimore Ravens 
And who do you have winning this matchup? So I have the Ravens winning this one. I would have to agree. Yeah, so I think a matchup that I think not a lot of people had going into the weekend, but I think one that like really excites me. Uh, for as good as the start has, has been, like I feel like there's quite a mixed bag of games you can get from that. But I can certainly see like a really exciting one where you really see an amazing display of two young athletic quarterbacks. Yes, and going into this game, I actually thought initially the Texans could win, but then I had to kind of realize I had to check my recency bias at the door uh, because I think the Ravens are just way, way better of a team than the Houston Texans are. Like, And we have seen Lamar not play very well in his playoff games, only 1-3 in, in the playoffs. We saw this exact scenario a few years ago when the Ravens got the one seed and rested you know, for two weeks and came out and just flopped. And that could happen again. But I do think the Ravens are just the far superior roster here. C.J. Stroud, very good quarterback, but I think he's going to run into some problems with those with that defense. Although, facing a very good Browns defense really tore them up last week. And uh, before we move on to any of these games, I'd like to say a, a heartfelt um, goodbye to uh, my, my Browns here. And, uh, you know, look, I was a Browns fan for about a couple weeks. And in that time, they, they have uh, b- broken – both my bracket and my heart. So, you know, I, I feel I'm one with the Browns community. If you will have me, if you will take me, you know, as your own for uh, for the rest of this season, just to mourn with you all, I would be, you know, welcome in that. Uh, but I will say Texans, they really deserved that when they came out, showed that they were a very good and dangerous team. That being said, I, I, I do think the Ravens just have enough to get it done here. Yeah, so for a minute on the Texans, I, they were just so impressive to me. There were a couple of throws there. Like, uh, the one uh, touchdown of Stroud to, uh, to Schultz was just, like, so incredible to me. Like, that throw, and he was just absolutely wide open. Like, Stroud just makes some absolutely beautiful plays, some great shots. Yes. And then, like, but going back to Baltimore, like, Baltimore has proven absolutely everything you could possibly want this season. Like, they, they've destroyed so many teams. They destroyed Detroit. They murdered Seattle. They really took the town, the 49ers. They yeah. blow out Miami, like, right at the end of the season. Like, I feel like you have absolutely everything on your resume that you could possibly want for this team. Yeah. Like, they've had the offense. Like, their defense has been very good all year. Like, the thing's not much more you want. So, it's a little bit of recency bias, I think, from some people. Picking one, you think Texas would be a pick a closer game for them. But I think overall, I think the the Ravens are definitely going to win this one. I would agree with that. Although the Texans, you talk about the Ravens' um, resume. The Texans did, you might got to remember, beat the best team in AFC last week. So you know, who's to say they can't beat the second best team? You know, that is true. Oh yeah, see, it's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Browns best team in the AFC. All right, now going on to the next game, we're going to talk about the Packers against the 49ers. And who do you have winning this one? I have the 49ers winning this one. And I would have to reluctantly agree with that. And similarly for me, when I talk about a resume of teams blowing out other teams, I think the 49ers have done that. I think that they have shown enough to me that they have blown enough other teams. Even as good as a Green Bay offense has been, I think the 49ers offense is just going to be so good because I do believe this Packers team has deficiencies on defense, and I think that they are going to be exposed this week. Yes, and they had three straight really good weeks on defense. And I, I said that, you know, that 32 points against Dallas, not indicative of how that game went. That game was over by the time Dallas started putting up those points. Um, but, again, yeah, I, I think this is uh, 
it's it's not I wanna want to say fraudulent because I don't think still anyone's not really buying the fact that the Packers are some elite defense despite the games they've had over the last few weeks. But I do think the 49ers will be able to exploit this defense. And they, they do have a lot of deficiencies there. But I will say if you are the Packers, one thing that you've been really good at the second half of the year, which is kind of amazing, um, with considering what happened in the first half of the year, you've gotten off to really good starts. Like, I've, every game now, Matt LaFleur, if he wins the toss, he's taking the ball, and they're going down the field. They're getting points more often than not in these first drives. So if you're able to kind of keep the pedal down like you did against Dallas, we all know Shanahan's abysmal record at coming from behind. So I think that's really the only way that the Packers can win is if they get a lead and they can keep it into the second half. But that being said, I just don't think that's going to happen. 49ers, they've had you know a couple weeks now of rest. They're looking at the matchups, looking at the Packers. Just a far better team. I think they will pull it out. Yeah, 49ers just have like again, also just have everything you could want. Like the the weapons on their offense are just incredible. And like even talking about Purdy, I think he's has had a really great season. Even though some people are afraid to admit that he is more than a game manager, which I do strongly believe he is. Yes, like he has all the weapons. He's got the defense. I think this team is going to handily take care of the Packers this week. Yes, and you look at, like, same thing can be said of Tua, where, like, he has all the weapons, and yet I think it's pretty evident that he is a game manager. Like, he comes out in the biggest moments, and he doesn't play well. Where Purdy, yeah, he also has all the weapons, but in the biggest moments so far of what we've seen, he comes out and plays pretty well. And so I think that will continue here uh, with a nice win against the Packers. Yes. And from there, we go on to the Bucks taking on the Lions. Bucks coming off a nice blowout of the Eagles. Lions edging the Rams in an electric game at Ford Field. First playoff win for the Lions since 1991. Do you think they make it their second? I absolutely do. And I would have to agree. Yeah, the Lions for me, I think that they end up drawing a much harder matchup in the wild card round than they do in the divisional. Because I was definitely concerned that they could pull out a win versus the Rams, but they did have a nice win, in fact. Whereas now facing the Buccaneers team, uh, I think a team that did get a very nice win in the wild card versus Philadelphia, I think, like we talked about, is under-talented. Mayfield has played very well, but I think it's something that Detroit is up for. These teams did play earlier in the season, and Detroit was able to really stifle Mayfield in that game, and holding him to 200 yards and one interception, no touchdowns, and... Detroit really had their way with them that game, winning 20-6. to And I just do believe that Detroit could handily win this game. Yeah, I did see that performance by Mayfield earlier against Detroit. Something that at first concerned me, but second, I was like, you know what, I think this actually kind of works in the Bucks' favor just because you've already seen this team, you've already seen how they're able to stop you, and now you kind of know what approach they're going to be wanting to take again. So I think Mayfield, again, I've, I just touted him having a very good year. I don't think he's going to get stymied that badly again by the Lions. But that being said, I do think the Lions are just way too powerful for the Bucks. Uh, again, they, they are not the Eagles. The Lions are much better than that. But I think they, the, the, that the Bucks do have a shot if they get pressure on Goff. So just going from the game against the Rams here, Goff, when he had faced no pressure in that game, was 21 for 21, 266 yards with one touchdown and a pass rating of 134. Facing pressure against the Rams, one for six, 11 yards and a 39 passer rating. So I think if you're able to get pressure on Goff, this is something that, by the way, not just that game all year has kind of been like that. I think if you're able to get pressure on him, you can have a chance at this game. The problem is they have an incredible offensive line. So, yeah, I'm still going lines in this game. 
Yeah, I think really nice set in there. Good job with that one. And, uh, yeah, I do believe in this Lions offense a lot. Something that I think I've talked about week over week, that I really do believe in this Lions offense. And as much as I do like the story of Baker Mayfield and that Buccaneers offense and that team in general, I don't think that they have enough firepower to keep up. The Lions had weakened at times in their defense that looked strong to start the season, but I think has been starting to come back around a little bit again. They've had some deficiencies in the secondary, but I think that they're going to be able to button up enough. And like you mentioned, I don't think they're going to stymie Mayfield like they did early in the year, but I think they're going to do enough, well as I can see their offense being explosive enough, certainly, to take a win over the Buccaneers. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. And to conclude the divisional round, we head to Buffalo, where the Bills take on the Chiefs. And who do you have winning this monumental matchup? This game was certainly the hardest for me to pick, but I ended up deciding on the Buffalo Bills. And I would have to go with the Kansas City Chiefs here. Yeah, there's a lot of things, I think, that are playing into this game. I think one of the biggest things for me is going to be how many of your injured players are Buffalo going to get back this weekend? Because if you're missing still most of your linebackers, if you're going to end up missing Bernard, Spector, and uh, who else miss? If you're missing both Bernard Spector on the linebackers as well as Benford and Taron Johnson in the corners, I think that's going to severely impact your ability to defend the middle of the field, which is something that Kansas City is actually one of the better things they do with Travis Kelsey, who already destroys you in the middle of the field. Like if if you're deficient in some of your best players and you're playing like fourth, fifth, sixth string backups, I think that's going to be something you're going to have a hard time with. And Kansas City is going to be, continually be able to move the chains against you. So I think that's concerning. But I do believe that Kansas City does have the weakest offense that they've had. And Buffalo has been able to get hot. So being able, their offense being able to get hot I think is going to be enough for the Bills to win this one. Yeah, and for me, when I look at this game, this is kind of like the Bills bugaboo as of the last few years, not really being able to get over this Chiefs hump. But now that it's in Buffalo and the Chiefs have looked kind of the weakest they've ever looked under Mahomes, this is their one chance. Unfortunately, I still think that the Bills will not be able to do it this time. And it is in large part to the injuries on defense. I mean, despite this really good performance and the good performances they've strung, you just wonder how well they can hold up this late in the year. And this is a team that allowed 76 yards to Pat Fryermuth, and now you're facing a guy of even better caliber with Travis Kelsey. And they also allowed eight yards per catch to the Steelers' running backs with Warren and Harris. You also, I'm worried about Pachenko coming out of that backfield as well. Very physical back. And the Chiefs are really a ground-and-pound team this year. Like I think we're all, we kind of underrated the Chiefs this year just because it looks a lot different than it has. But I think I think we still forget they still have like the best quarterback in the league, and their defense is I'd say like top five defense in the league as well. They can also run the ball better than they have in previous years. So I think this is going to be a very close game. But at the end of the day, I still think the Chiefs just have a little bit more here, and I think they're going to be able to exploit this weakened defense. I do think some good points. I think absolutely it's going to be a very close game, and I think also for Buffalo like. Your defense, as banged up as it's been, it's more than held up its end of the bargain all year long. Oh, yeah. And I, I think offense, like, it's your time. Yes. Like, this is absolutely your time. Like, you've got your franchise quarterback. Your your offense is as healthy as it can be, pretty much. Like, this is your chance. Go hold up your end of the bargain. Go win a game. Yeah. Like, absolutely. Like, I, I think this even this this uh, playoffs in particular have proven, like, the top defenses can be taken advantage of. Yes. It's like, this is absolutely your chance. If you're a top offense, go prove that. Go prove it this week. Go absolutely hang 30 points out there. Like, 
like the Chiefs are gonna like you said they have ground and pound team. They're gonna have long drives. They're gonna be able to dink and dunk on you. They're gonna hit over the middle of the field to Kelsey. They're gonna hand the ball off twenty plus times to Pachenko. Like they're going to have long drives on you. You can't have drives that are gonna sputter out like you often do. You're gonna have to score like often and a lot to be able to keep up in this game. Like keep your lead. You're gonna have to score a lot. You can't be handing it over and punting a lot or having turnovers. Yes, and this was—I think this is going to be a game that's going to be down to the wire. I mean, it was when the first te- when these teams first played in the year that the Chiefs almost won that game—a very controversial call, and it, although it shouldn't have been, con- it shouldn't have been controversial. It was, but a very close game, and I expect that to be a very close game again against two teams that haven't looked as good as we thought they were going to going into the year. I think, although Buffalo has kind of been on the rise, and people have kind of viewed Kansas City as being, you know, kind of declining. I think both of them are coming off very nice wild card win so i think the they both have good momentum in their favor going into this game and it's just battle of the titans here and i i do believe that the winner of this game will will go to the super bowl so i think this is going to be the the afc representative in the super bowl i just don't trust the ravens or the texans that much whoever comes out of that game so i think whoever wins this you you will have a path to the super bowl is what i believe very interesting pick there yes. i on the hand i actually do believe in the ravens a lot but yeah, absolutely. This is like the most exciting game of the week, I think, for me. And 100%. for most people. And it's going to be a really fun one to absolutely come right down to the wire. Yes, looking forward to it. And from there, we go on to our against the spread locks of the week. So last week, me and Scott both nailed ours, picking the Bills at minus 10 for me, and Scott picking the Chiefs at minus 4, both getting those correct. So this week, we are going to be picking in the divisional round. And Scott, who do you have? So this week, my against the spread lock is going to be the San Francisco 49ers at n- minus nine and a half. So like I mentioned, I think the 49ers absolutely have the resume and beating many teams this year and having just an incredible offense, as well as the Packers having a suspect defense. So I think the 49ers are really going to be able to run up the score this week and be able to have a very nice and very big win and cover the spread with minus nine and a half. And for me, I'll be going with the Kansas City Chiefs here at plus two and a half in Buffalo. So I think even if the Chiefs don't win, it's going to be a very close game. And I'll take the two and a half points uh, against Buffalo. I do believe they will win this game as I think the Chiefs are the better team at this point in the year with the rosters that are being rolled out. So I would be very confident in taking the Chiefs plus two and a half. Very good stuff. And from there, we are going to transition to Rob's Best Bets of the Week. So why don't we go right into this one? Yes, so Best Bets replacing the Fantasy Starts and Sits as we go into the playoffs. And last week, almost hit on the parlay, three-leg parlay, as we had Flacco over 300 passing yards, Allen two-plus passing touchdowns, hit those, but couldn't hit Goff with the last touchdown of the game. That's okay, we're going into the divisional round with a fresh mind. And I really like this parlay. So the first leg of the parlay, Christian McCaffrey over 90 yards rushing. So again, Packers defense, very susceptible, especially to the run. McCaffrey, one of the best backs in the league, coming off a nice bye week. I think he's unfortunately going to shred that Packers run defense. And then I would also take Baker Mayfield over 250 yards passing. So as we mentioned, it got stymied by the Lions the first time. Don't think that's going to happen again. I think this is going to be a nice old-fashioned shootout between Goff and Mayfield at Ford Field. I would take Baker over 250 in the nice dome environment. 
I would also take Travis Kelsey to score a touchdown against the Buffalo Bills. As we mentioned, Kelsey going up against that weakened Bills defense. Mahomes, his only option is really to throw to Rice and Kelsey. I do think Kelsey will be able to score a touchdown. So McCaffrey over 90 yards, Mayfield over 250, and Kelsey to score a touchdown is the parlay, the best bets for this week. I really like that. And going into Scott's parlay of the week, why don't you tell the folks what you did last week and what you got going for this one? Last week it came pretty close, but also pretty far away. As we hit on both the Lions and Texans with some nice wins, but the Eagles were extremely far from victory, thus ending our parlay. But this week we hope to get in the winning column with our divisional round parlay. So I've done my money line picks all year, but I'm going to change it up a little bit with my team picks for this week. So for this week, I would like to bet the Detroit Lions spread at minus six and a half. Like I talked about before, this team had beat up on the Buccaneers pretty easily early in the season, and I think they could definitely do it again. So I really like the Lions at minus six and a half. I would also like to take the Texans at plus nine and a half. So back in week one, the Ravens and Texans faced, where the game, the score was not quite as close at 25 to nine, but the Texans did outgain the Ravens in that game in Stroud's first game, and I think they have come extremely far from then. I think the Ravens are going to win, but the spread is too big, and the Texans will cover at plus nine and a half. And the final pick I'll have for this week is the Kansas City and Buffalo over 45 and a half points. So as good as these offenses are, I think that it is just too good to pass up an under at 45 and a half. I think that with as banged up as the Bills' defense is and the Bills' offense catching fire at the same time, I think that is going to spell an over at 45 and a half. So to recap for our part of this week, bet the Lions minus six and a half, Texans plus nine and a half, Kansas City Buffalo over 45 and a half. And I like all those picks right there. Really liking that parlay. I think we got some uh, be good. We go six and zero oh here. Two parlays for two this week. Win the folks out there a lot of money. What do you think? Absolutely. Yeah, feeling pretty good about these. I feel like we're getting on a roll here, going to the divisional round. This is where the champions uh, will begin to be made. This is where we separate the boys from the men to f- seed out those teams, get to the final four, and then we're on to the Super Bowl from there. But that is a conversation for another day. And we thank you all for listening to this podcast. Your viewership is greatly appreciated. And we would love it if you would like, follow, and subscribe because we are on all platforms that you get your podcasts. And this has been Mark My Words Football Podcast with Rob. And Scott. And we are tuning out.